This is the Going in Circles podcast, hosted by Horseman Chuck Simon. To become a sponsor, to suggest topics, or for questions, email goingincirclespodcast at gmail.com. And log on to our Facebook page, Going in Circles Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Simon. It's Monday, the first Monday post-Breeders' Cup. This is the Big Monday Show. Barry Spears is here. Barry, how are you? Doing good. I think we should call this one the, the Breeders' Cup Hangover Monday Show. It's a little a little bit of a hangover. A lot of bit of a hangover. Uh, unless, a bit um, hangover, mostly. Unless you're selling one of those fillies, then, then you're having... Your hangover is not is not in effect yet. Uh, te- tequila shots for everybody, especially uh, spendthrift. Spendthrift. They're spending that myracehorsemoney.com cash, bro. They're 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 like they're they're they're, they're spreading the wealth. They got that kicker. Guy buys a share of a horse for 233 bucks. The horse wins the Haskell. The horse wins the Derby. The horse wins the Breeders' Cup Classic. And the guy's going to be bankrupt. He's going to owe them so much money. See, I'm glad they listened to me, though. <laughs> they listened to me because I was bad. I was unauthentic from day one. I know. You got you got off authentic. Yeah, in the Derby like a jerk. But uh, he, he's, he's my guy. You know? I know. I, you know, I, I was thinking the same thing after the Philly sprint. I'm like... You freaking idiot. Three months ago, you said this horse is a cinch in the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint if they just race her there and they don't try to stretch her out. And what's, and, and uh, you know, like, hey, it wasn't exactly like uh, a genius selection here, taking the six to five shot, but um, sometimes you just overthink things. And, uh, that, you know, you, you, your first instinct is usually your, your right one in, in all things in life. Not just picking horses, but uh, yeah, the sales are strong as they generally are. And the top of the top, the best of the best, there's always going to be a huge market for those type of horses because they are, um, they're credentialed, they're, they're well-bred, and there's really stupid rich people that are, that want them and, and uh <laughs> You know that that's unfortunately that's where a lot of the real money is, and and that's why today's announcement of authentic being retired, going to stud was uh, hardly a shock. It would have actually been a shock if the opposite had happened. And when you see the Phillies, like they're they're saying that Monomoy Girl, um, and a couple uh, uh, the, what was the Philly uh, the turf sprinting Philly. Um, the Philly of Cassie's that's going back to Cassie um, that was sold for 2.7 million um, Stormy, uh, Stormy. Got Stormy got Stormy yeah you know those Phillies are going back in, the, in for another year because number one they can only produce one full year if they were cults, they would not be going back. They would definitely be going to stud because that's just where the money is. And it's nice to see those that they're returning to the races, no doubt, and Swiss Skydiver as well. 
Um, but the reason that they're coming back is they're Phillies. And uh, Authentic is owned chiefly by a stud farm. So the fact that a horse who, who won three grade ones, who's by the hottest sire in the world, who um, has speed, everything that you would want in a stallion, and he also is by, uh, or he's going to the, the farm that has his sire, meaning if you have a mare that's really good but might maybe not quite into mischief good, now they've got the perfect opportunity for you for only $75,000. Instead of $225,000, you can get authentic. And, <laughs> well, I tell you what, they, they got awfully lucky this year, the way things <sighs> panned out. Because I think I, I mentioned this uh, on an earlier uh, show we had, that if the Derby was run in May, oh, yeah, he's not there. wouldn't have been there or no. wouldn't have won. No, right, no doubt. Um, so they they really got they really lucked out with that, the way everything played out. I mean, it, it was just you know kind of unfortunate because you know he didn't make um, the Belmont. No. No. And you know you know really lost by a neck to Swiss Skydiver when probably should have won anyway. Um, you know, kind of a questionable tactics um, on that ride there that, that kind of got him beat. But beyond that, he, he's been lights out. No, he's... Listen, he's he's a good horse. He, he's fast. Like I said, he's, he's by the right stallion. And, you know, it, it pains me when they say, well, he has nothing more to prove. And to the modern breeder, he doesn't. And that's the sad state of affairs that we're in, where um, four-year-old racing and older horse racing just isn't respected. It, it's, it sucks, but it's just, you know, the way it is. And, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, well, it's not hard to, but I try not to um, criticize people for taking profits because in a business like this, it's hard because there's not many profits. And yeah, Wayne Hughes has got enough money to buy all the horses pretty much. So, you know, it's not exactly like this uh, feel-good story that billionaire retires racehorse. But it's just the way it is and complaining about it doesn't make it any better. And um, the fact of the matter is that most stallions fail, regardless of how how well uh, put together they are, regardless of their pedigree, regardless of their race record. Most stallions fail. It's a fact. Nine out of ten. Maybe more than nine out of ten. So the truth is that there's no telling if he's going to be good at, 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 or not. He should be. He has all the... Um, he has all the, the tools to be a top sire, but... Look Look who the top sires for, for young horses were this year. Not the time, or not this time. Um, the horse uh, the, that uh, the loudmouth, what's his name, Gio trained. Oh, Laoban. Laoban. The horse barely won a race. A race. <laughs> and, 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 and not this time. It, it won like two races. And these are the leading stallions. 
it's it's not an exact science. But I mean, into mischief himself, he was not like he didn't have any great race record. They were they, he was part of the share of the upside. Seventy five hundred dollars he was standing. If you were smart enough to buy to buy into him, you got a lifetime breeding right, which is looking pretty good right now. But they've done that that um, that program, and I commend them for doing that. That that's a actually a program that gives a smaller guy, a smaller breeder, a shot to take a shot, and if they do hit, they get rewarded immensely. Um, but they've offered a ton of stallions. Spencer Farm, I'm talking about, under that share the upside program. And virtually none of the, the other ones have worked out. Maybe two of them are worked out. Three of them worked out. Right. So it's it's still a crapshoot. And uh, the way the stallion game is set up, it's literally the only financially... Um, uh, what's the word? I want to use intelligent, but it, it's really the one thing that in horse racing is set up where you're probably going to make money at it because it the, the horses are priced to to almost be out after three seasons. And everybody's real strong the first two seasons. The third season's a little bit of a tougher sell. But if the horses come out running, then you're, you've already got your money back for the most part, and now it's gravy. And right, if they, it's all icing on the cake. And, and if they do a run happy and nothing comes out running... Well, you know what? You got your money back, and maybe the Turks want them, you know, and that, that that's why you see horses go overseas relatively quick because the the thought is that all right, we got our money back, but we're not really uh, completely sure this is going to work out, so we're going to take the money before it it dries up, and you know, with Daredevil, it it certainly uh, he had to had to reverse course and bring them back, but um. <laughs> It's, it's, I get why they do it. I, I have a hard time, like, feeling real happy for people who are billionaires. I, I have a real hard time finding, you know, a lot of love for billionaires, period. Not that I'm one of these anti-rich people thing. But, I mean, where's the guy that comes in the game and says, I don't really care that much about the money. I really just want to win a lot of races and do really good. And maybe that's a, that, that's pie in the sky. But what's the point of being a billionaire if you can't, like, do things not because of the money, right? Exactly. I mean, you can afford not to, in a sense. So it's it's it's, it's counter, counterintuitive, especially for sporting purposes, yeah. you know? There just isn't much sporting of, in, involved anymore. And sometimes when someone does something relatively sporting, like bring a filly back for a four-year-old year, the praise people get is like almost over the top. But again, you don't want to criticize people for praising people for doing the right thing, even if they get a little bit you know, wild about it. Because there's so few people are doing the right thing with those type of horses. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating, but it, it's, put it this way, it's not one of the things that's, quote-unquote, killing the game. It's not great, but we're, we're, the way horses are, are campaigned this year, or this, I shouldn't say this year, this era, you're only talking about four or five appearances a year anyways. 
It's not right. like they're going to come back and run every month for, you know, 10 times a year, Swiss skydiver aside. But it's not as though, like I said, it's not as though they're, they're going to come back and, and, you know, run once a month. So the, the, that they don't come back is, you know, kind of disappointing, but. I was kind of surprised that he wasn't going to try to at least take the last hurrah on the Pegasus. Yeah, that you would thought that based upon the everyone else kind of going to stud, and it wasn't one of those years where there's like three horses waiting in the wings, kind of like, hey, they may not be ready for the for the the uh, Breeders' Cup Classic, but give them a couple more months of maturity. You know, like a three year old that's uh, like a a late developer, kind of like a Nashville that went long. But there are none, at least none that I know of. I mean, I know Maxfield might be back, and, uh, I mean, Romans is talking about Dennis's moment, but I don't know if Dennis's oh, moment was any see. good anyways. He should try a tour of a then with him. But, um... <laughs> I didn't, uh, what's, uh, what's that horse's name? Uh, Independence Hall? Horses? He ran yesterday, yeah, yesterday. Saturday. Yeah, I got, he, or Sunday, excuse me. He won, I mean, looked good. But uh, but he's not a threat. I mean, he, he's not a threat right now. But right. yeah, I, I get you know. Th- I don't know. Maybe the the my ho- they didn't want to 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 further break the poor partners in my racehorse. That come every time they win a race, those people owe more money. <laughs> <laughs> it's a historic achievement. Buy a horse, lose money. <laughs> Except, ex- I said most horses that happens. Buy a horse, lose money. But this horse, all he does is win. <laughs> and then they lose money because there's kickers galore. Man, there's more there's more zigs and zags in that contract. The spendthrifts like Bobby Bonilla and the My Horse Racehorse people are like the Mets. <laughs> give them give what is it, 2.5 every, every July 1st? It'll, it'll be 2030, and those poor guys will still have to give out like 87 cents a month to, to Wayne Hughes as the state. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Actually, I got a couple of friends that bought shares, and and like they had a blast. And listen, that that's that's really, in the end, the my racehorse thing is bad for racing. It's not good that more money gets given to billionaires and to trainers like Baffert. Um, they don't need it, none of them. And there's a lot of sections of the the business that they could use the extra revenue, the extra cash. But the fact of the matter is, they had a good time and. You can't knock having a good time. And, uh, yes, they know they got lucky, and a lot of people bought into some of the other horses who haven't done anything are probably not so happy. But that happens in all these partnership deals. I I, I know some guys that went in some of the, the bigger outfits. Um, you know, a couple guys went to West Point, and he said, uh, a friend of mine said, I, I don't know, but... I just never had any luck. I, I, I see them winning races all over the place, and I look at my two, and, and we can't even, one that parks, and the other one can't even, you know, doesn't even breeze. And he goes, it's just bad luck probably. But that, that, and that's, that's the thing is, like you said, if the, if the derby is in this traditional place, there's no way Authentic is winning it. He wasn't the same horse when he won the Haskell to to to. to the Derby to now, you know, he's true. improved, yeah, improved, true. improved a lot. And I mean, what you said too is, is very true in, in that. What if he loses the Haskell? What if the other horse runs him down? The Safi Joseph sort of runs him down. 
What if Baffert's, again. What if Baffert says, not you know what? The, not until what if, fall. What if, like, yeah, what if Baffert says, hey, you know what? I don't think the source can get a mile and a quarter. I, re- I don't think you can get a mile. And all of a sudden, everything changes. I mean, maybe they would have. Maybe it would have proceeded anyways. And maybe if he had got beat a length and a half, not a nose. But, I mean, everyone forgets. And, and I don't forget because I watched the race and I thought to myself, man, this horse had it all his own way. And he still almost got beat at a mile and a track at a mile and an eighth at a track that favors that trip. And man, he's gonna really have to get better. And and you know he did. Yeah, I think he kind of came into his own right after that. He had to. Um, but it's such an enigma that race in general because you know near traffic wasn't much of anything. Um, it destroyed and- him. He 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 hasn't run a step forward since then. Right, and and also, you know, kind of the the same horses that Tis the Law was beating up on, kind of weren't around either. So, <laughs> speaking <clears throat> speaking of Tis the Law, <laughs> nope. yep. Mr. Tag was pretty. Uh, uh, you know what he was? He was him. That's what he. That yeah, that's, that's him. That's his thing. He he doesn't. He'll say whatever's on his mind, and you know, he he's he's not a guy to mince words. I know people wanted him to be the warm, cuddly, lovable guy, but he just isn't, and he never has been, and he doesn't make any bones about it, which is why I make fun of him all the time, just to try to make him laugh. But um, I I thought his 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 um his criticism was was fine. I mean, I'd rather have people tell the truth than everybody kind of protect everybody else's feelings. I, I didn't like the way the guy wrote him. And, and we talked about it in the preview. That we definitely did. <laughs> he, he needed to string the field out a little bit and make them work to get around him, spread it out, and, and then try to drift to the outside. Let the other two pass him at some point. But he just played right into their hands. He, the horse right. broke on top again. Decisive, yeah. Again. I mean, I, I get it. You know, I, I do appreciate that, you know, that he did express his feelings about the ride. I don't know. I just thought that, you know, it was kind of a no-win situation for a rider. Um, because if he goes head-in-head with, with Authentic, he has no shot. Um, no, I don't think... I don't think I'm not saying even go head-in-head. But you've got you got to use your horse's speed... To get out of that jackpot, all he did was was stay in the same place that he started at. He did nothing to try to get out of the position that he was in, that he, everyone knew he was going to be in from the time they drew the race. And that's the only issue I have with him. And once he was in there, he was in there. What are you, you going to do? You can't just make horses leave. But the horse breaks sharp. And that's the thing that, that gets me is that why take a hold. Let him run out there. And you see it in trotters all the time. You leave and you let the guy in front go. But when you do that, you're establishing position. And he didn't establish position. Well, he did. He established a position that his horse never looked comfortable in. And I don't know. I just think, like, I, I just get think it's funny when people start saying about jockeys. And I have nothing... Listen, I'm not denigrating jockeys in one one bit, but everybody is open to be criticized in this world, sure. especially when you're getting paid money. 
if you're you know you're going out and you're gonna you, you shouldn't go to like to little league field and and start you know yelling at the eight year olds for damn it that's what I was gonna know. do yesterday but um but yeah you know, yeah like you know unfortunately in youth sports these days a lot of people do do that yeah, but uh, <laughs> but um. I just think it's funny when people say, oh, my God, jockeys, it's a dangerous sport. We shouldn't criticize them. Like, hold on. No, they're not above criticism at all. Hold on. You know, like, you can say, say it's a hard job. And, and listen, if you, you know, like, he, he was in a bad spot, blah, blah, blah. But, like, every no one's immune to criticism. People criticize us, I'm sure, and say, you know, we suck. Oh, we they definitely do. But, Obviously. but I, I just think it's funny that people, like, always pull that that it's dangerous card well yeah it's dangerous no doubt but um oh but yeah, also I, we're there's there's billions of dollars bet on the, these these races and there's there's billions of dollars spent taking care of the horses and training them and, and acquiring them and all that and people are going to have emotional reactions and I, I personally i wouldn't have said something in the press um you know, unless the guy absolutely positively did the opposite of what I asked him to do. But and that's not what it sounded like. He did, and that's it. It is what it is. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, no, I, I get it. You know, it's easy to, to say now than than it would be. You know, on that day. But and you know, the other thing is, outside of like Kenta Sormo, the jockey probably feels worse than anybody. Yes. I mean, he here's a guy on his first quote unquote big horse. And, I mean, I'm I'm sure he was, he felt horrible that, you know, he wasn't able to, and maybe the horse wasn't going to show up anyways. I mean, that, that's, that's the other thing. That's what I was thinking. That was the other thing that went through my mind is maybe he just wasn't good enough anyway. Even if he did, you know, kind of get the quote-unquote perfect trip where he, he kind of got positioned and tried to get around um, authentic, uh, it was just hard to tell because, you know, I don't know if you remember me saying that it just it just felt like they knew that Authentic was going to be faster than maximum security no matter what out of the gate. And it looked like that's how they played it. And 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 I think Louie just tightened it up on, on Tizzle if you watch the replay, especially the NBC one um, that had the overhead cam. You can see him get just right up on him. And that's what that's what he's early, supposed to do. Right, I mean, that's what he's I mean, supposed to do. He he definitely mm-hmm. rode the race that way, but I I think he knew early that that Max didn't have his whole thing, and he was just going to try to kind of coast and 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 pin in uh, tis the law. I I don't, I don't know if it was you know kind of talked about between them beforehand, but that's just how the race played out. Um, and you know it, it's just it's just a bad situation. I, I wish. You know, I kind of wish he wouldn't have gone public, like you said, with those comments. Um, but I do appreciate that he did express them because a lot of people would not have. You know, um, I, I, there's a funny story. Jose Lescano, who's my friend, who I've, I've known since he was 18 years old, his, his, his agent is, is our friend Jason. Yeah, Jason. Well, Jose rode a horse for me at Tampa Bay when he was he had just broke his bug and... He kind of was a little bit lost. He had lost, broke his bug. He lost his bug in from New York. He was he was down at Calder. He wasn't even riding. And um, Jay got him, and, and he said, would you ride this guy, Liz Kano? I was like, yeah. 
that guy's really good. I would ride him in Tampa. Oh, absolutely. So, I had pretty good horses for Tampa back then. So, you know, my horses for the most part when we ran, we we were, um, we were usually one of the choices. One of you know, you you had Kentucky horses at Tampa back then because you didn't have the people stable there then. The only people from uh, outside you know, Boston or Cleveland or or Calder was Tom Proctor and I. We were really the only ones there from Kentucky. So I ran a horse one day, and Jose rode it so bad. <laughs> he, rode, he was three to five, and he just got caught in every blind trick. Every movie made was the wrong one. And I had told him, I said, just sit in the back, circle around them. Don't get cute. Don't come inside. Don't worry. If you lose... Because you get you're you're too far wide, so be it. We'll deal with it. But just don't try to get them stopped. The horse is a real big horse too. You know, like once you got his momentum going, it's hard to get those horses if they get stopped to get back going. Yeah. And even if they're better horse than the other ones, it's still it's just just the way you know the, their momentum stops and, and they have to to kind of you know get back under themselves. Anyways, he he he. He, of course, went inside and tried to come through, and it just didn't work out. So after the race, I was mad. And I wasn't mad that he got beat or got checked. I was mad because he didn't do what I told him to do, which was the easiest thing to do, is just swing wide. And, and like, when the trainer says, hey, don't go inside, just swing wide, that's the easiest instruction to follow. You, you don't have to, to try to do much. You don't have to try to, yeah. So I, I was just like, you know, Jose, what the F were you doing? Like, I don't get, like, like why? And he was sorry. He felt bad. He's like, I know I screwed up, I screwed up, I screwed up. So the clerk of scales, who was a jerk, calls the stewards and says I cursed at the jockey. So I get a, I get a notice the next day from the stewards. You got to come and talk to us. You got to meeting you know whatever so i'm like for what and they're like oh because uh you used obscene language with the jockey and i was like all right so jose comes with me he wants to come with me the next morning because he feels bad because you know so we go in there and uh they said we're gonna find you a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars something for using language and this and that so I'm like, are you kidding me? And he's like, well, uh, you know, you can't be saying that after the race. I said, are you are you nuts? I said, the horse was three to five. And a horse, he finished off the board. I go, do you, oh, well, you can't say those things in the public. I go, do you think the public wants me to pat him on the back and, and, and yuck it up like everything's great? You just finished off the board at three to five? I said, they want, they want, the, <laughs> you know, if, they want the jockey to get yelled at. They're yelling at the jockey themselves. <laughs> and the guy's I like, be in that meeting also. "Oh, oh, language." I said, "You should hear what they say about you guys when you take a horse down." So, and Jose, he came in. And he said, "No, no, you shouldn't find him." I, uh, and I, don't know, I pay. It was like a hundred bucks, and I, I paid it. But I, it's just sometimes, and and it's, the truth of the matter was, we weren't close to anybody. The, the clerk of scales was a, was a little weasel, and, and he's the one that, that called and made the deal about it. There, there wasn't ten people near us anyways. It was like a Thursday at Tampa. 
Uh, nobody's there. No. And the people that are sitting in the benches are people that, 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 that if they don't have their hearing aids turned up full blast, they probably wouldn't hear anyways. But it was, uh, I said, yeah, that's, that's, that's what everybody wants to, to see. The trainers slapping the jack on the, the jock on the back after they finish off the board of three to five. No big deal. No worry about the money you just burned. Ha <laughs> ha. Whatever. Anyways. I thought the most interesting thing about the the, the the classic was how close improbable was. Like he knew the pace was gonna be slow. Well that's what I was saying, you know, it was you know, like they and they weren't necessarily playing as a team. But, you know, I, I think if if for whatever reason if, if uh you know, authentic runs off it was it was just prime setup for for improbable. I mean, maximum security was just not having it. The truth of the matter was the race set up kind of like it looked like it was going to set up on paper. Remember, I said that you know on on the show, I said you know there's a, there's a possibility where authentic could be lone speed. Yep. Easily, it I mean, it, it, you know, he only really had maximum security to beat to the lead, which you know in. He's you know, faster than maximum security is to yes, the lead at this absolutely. time at this point in their careers. Correct. Um, so, you know, that was that was almost like a almost a no brainer at that point. You know, if you just thought that Authentic would get the lead or get to the lead before maximum security, then you're you're probably in a good spot because even if, if Tis the Law somehow kinda you know, makes his way into it a little bit he's still going to have to go around um, authentic and it might not, he might not have it. Just, it might've been a replay of the derby where he just couldn't get by him. Could have been for sure. But I just, I, I still can't understand the fascination that people had with Tom's the tot in that race. Like <laughs> it, it just, I don't get it either. He ran one big race his whole life. His second biggest race was a race. He stumbled and finished third. Then he didn't. Then then he didn't run again since August. That's not a good sign. But what? Not a, not a winning Listen, sign. <laughs> he, he's a nice horse. He's never won in a mile and a quarter. He's seven. They're gonna ask him to do it now. I, it just to me was um, too many too many factors yeah, against him. Exactly, and he was another one. If he didn't use his early speed to get position up close, where was he, he gonna not. be? Right. So, yeah, I, I didn't. I, I mean, listen, he's not a bad horse or anything, but. I just didn't understand why people thought six to one was not a fair price on him. I, I didn't really, I didn't like totally him at all. Utterly. I didn't use him on a ticket, and uh, it just to me was was. I, I really didn't think he's much better than by my standards, who kind of stunk in the race, but not as bad as higher powered. He's going to stud. Man, I I, I forgot he even ran. <laughs> it's funny. I'm people serious. are all mad about yeah, authentic serious. going to stud, but. Here's a horse, higher power, who literally ran one good race in two years. The Pacific Classic. I don't know where that race came from, because he never ran it before, he never ran it again. But he's going to stud. <laughs> and, and watch, he'll probably be like the next tap it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, uh, I was just thinking the same thing. Watch him just throw winners out. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, like the old guy said one time, he said, Chuck, if you say every stallion's bad... You're gonna be right ninety percent of the time. So yeah, it's it's a good point. Good point. 
All right, let's take a little break, and uh, we'll come back, and, and uh, we'll talk about the other 13 races. <laughs> All right. Okay, we are back on the Big Monday Breeders' Cup Hangover show. <laughs> We've talked enough about the Classic. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to talk about the Friday races, or do you want to start with any of the... Uh, Saturday races. I'd rather talk about Saturday. Friday, I didn't do so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Friday wasn't that great for me either. I, I thought uh, the turf sprint, the juvenile turf sprint, um, uh, Wesley's horse was just uh, much the best. Much the best. Uh, I mean, I, he even kind of threw a little sideways action yeah. there when Irad tried to take a little bit more of a hold of him. But uh, he he was just uh, he's just too good for those horses, too fast. And uh, I thought that maybe if he didn't break grade, he might have got a little hung out to dry. But to me, that those are those are impossible races to bet on, unless you're just stabbing at horses, or you're just gonna willing to take the chalk as as the best horse. But uh, like betting wise, that those those races are so hard. I, I just don't know how you really can. Especially when you throw in a couple of Europeans that have been running in straight races, and they don't really usually break as fast. No one breaks as fast as Wesley's horses, but uh, I just didn't. Uh, I mean, he won. He. Uh, I, don't, yeah, I don't know what I'm else to say out of there. I'm always surprised when the Euros come in to that race, um, because typically they don't, like you said, they they're notorious for not breaking well. And you need a you need to break well to win win some something like that on the turf. Um, if you don't, you're you're just gonna get lost unless something crazy happens up front and there's like a you know seven way duel and you can just sit and make one run. But that that doesn't happen that often. Not as often as you would think. Um, you know the speed of the speed is is king, and uh, Golden Pal was was it. <laughs> Nobody was touching him. No, he he was he was pretty tremendous. Uh, I'll give him his props. He he uh, he, he kind of like took charge, and I I really when he, when he kind of had that I don't even know what you call it he hesitation kind of move. It was like a it was like a hesitation move, you know. And I was like, man, I I didn't know if he was trying to bolt or or what what the deal was, but then. He, he got him going right away. You know, he, he got him back going right away, and he just, like, drew away from him. And there were some pretty fast horses in the race. It wasn't like it was... Um, he, he just looked like he was on a different level. But uh, the... Um, I, I just don't... I sometimes wonder about the wisdom of running 14-horse two-year-old sprints. And it doesn't seem like it's a, a, a great thing. But, you know, horses can get in trouble in four-horse races, too. True. So, um, I don't, you know. It just... Um, I guess I just don't really have much else to say about it. Other than, <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> other, other than Wesley's going to, you know... The the he's the future book favorite for to win the next one. I'm sure. I mean, after winning two years in a row, uh, last year, you know, 
the best bet of the weekend I had, I, I thought between the two days was four wheel drive. Yeah. And I, and I bet accordingly, but you know, it just looked like he was just faster than everybody else. And, and he ended up being that. And, and golden Powell kind of looked the same way on paper, except he was just in the 14 hole. Instead, I think uh, four wheel drive was like the f- four or five horse. So, <laughs> the interesting, it, 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 it's interesting that Wesley had so many horses in the race. He had three horses on the also eligibles, and, <laughs> and 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 he didn't even complain about it. I said it might be the first person ever in history a trainer got three on the also eligibles and didn't cry at all about it. Not 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 even a little bit. <laughs> and he drew the four. You know, he he actually. Broke from not that it makes a huge difference. He broke from post thirteen because there was a scratch. That's right. Yeah, I think that's one of the smartest things that the Breeders' Cup has done was have also eligibles. They didn't used to have also eligibles. No, they didn't. You were either you're in, you're in or out. So. Yeah, I think that that was a that was a, a you know a smart thing to do. And Wesley is the king of two year old racing. Sprinting, I mean. He's just, I've never seen anybody any better at it than him. I just, uh, he, he's, you know, he kind of made that his thing. And he has a way of, of breaking the horses, of, of, of training them out of the gate as babies. Uh, preparation. He does a lot of preparation with them at Palmetto's before they go off to various places. And uh, I really can't, like... Um, I, I honestly I, I can't even think of anybody that, that's even close to the the volume and the, the amount of success that he has and yes he gets a lot of horses that are specifically targeted to do that and people want to go to Ascot and um if you got you know I noticed that you don't see too many of his three year olds kinda out there doing the same thing. No, that that's very much true. That's very much true. But uh you know, I mean, not everybody can be good at everything, right? True, true that. Um, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf was won by a horse named Fire at Will. Yes. Uh, that dec- was my lone. That was my lone winner on Friday. <laughs> and he um, he looked good doing it, and he uh. He won the Pilgrim on the lead. And to be honest, the horse... You would think the horse who won the Pilgrim coming into... The, I mean, it's a traditional, or at least as traditional as you can get for a race that's been around for like seven or eight years. But it's a traditional prep for this race. So going off a 30-1 to 1, um, was, kind, was a little bit of a surprise. Way, way... Overlaid. I mean, the horse probably should have been less than half that. Um, his his pilgrim, you know, looked a little soft on paper, um, but it seemed like he was a little bit more versatile. And the reason I ended up <clears throat> betting him is because earlier in the day, um, that humongous long shot that won, I think it was in race three, um, got the trip of a lifetime. Oh, uh, uh, ever dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I and I was thinking, you know what? This is the same trip that Fire Will's gonna get. If he gets that same trip, they're not gonna beat him. And sure as hell, 
he got the same exact trip. It almost looked like the same race. And he ran him down, and, and it was, you know, the turf just seemed to be a little bit quick. It, and, it, um, it was a lot quicker than they made it out to be. Yeah. There was a lot of talk about it being off because of all the rain, and they, there was all this these rumors they were watering it and this and that. Um, they went awful fast. I mean... They sure did. <laughs> They they went uh, I mean they went a mile one thirty four five and four and you know off a forty eight half which which for those horses two year olds at this time that's of year quick. that's a pretty good time I mean it it wasn't like it was uh you know summertime at Belmont where it doesn't rain for two weeks and it's you know they're running six furlongs and one oh six and four and stuff but uh, it it was a I thought it was a pretty legit time so I thought it was a pretty legit race and. Uh, um, I'm happy you had the winner. Yeah, I kind of fell into that one. That was that was a that was an audible. That was definitely an audible based on what I was seeing or what I saw earlier. Yeah, there was some tough trips in there too. Very, uh, you know, again the horses coming from from off of it just had a tough time. Yeah, well, and you know, you get these like you said, these fourteen horse fields of two year olds especially the two-year-olds that are all lightly raced for the most part. The Europeans are the ones that have a lot of racing, but they have, you know, they have races on right-hand turns on straightaways. So it's all new to them too. It's, uh, I, I understand why they do it. I just think 14 a lot, but it's not going to change. Nope. Um, the next race was, was my only winner of, of Friday's card, and that was in the uh, Juvenile Phillies Dirt, where Vquist came up the oh, rail. Yes, that's right. And that was that was my my really my only play um, on Friday, and uh, came up the rail for Butch Reed, who's a good guy, trainer with a uh, you know small size barn, um, and, but he's he's always done a good job and and just proof. Again, that if a good horse with a good trainer is, is doesn't the trainer doesn't have to have two hundred horses to, to win a, races like this. Yeah, and um, I, I don't know if you saw that um, the uh, jockey cam on that with my man Joel. Yes, I, I did. It was. Uh, I mean, he very was telling. he was in there tight. <laughs> very very telling. It was tighter than it looked on on the pan view. It sure was for a little bit. Yeah, but it was a hell of a ride, and you know the horse did what he was supposed to do. You know. No, I turned the tables on day at the office and or day out of the office and uh I think everybody expected that. I I mean day out of the office ran a hell of a race. I, I mean she really she did. She broke sharp and <laughs> you know, the race it it all changed. I mean, we all try to figure out how the race is gonna be run and and when um uh, a horse stumbles at the beginning of the race that's expected to be Change up on the pace like simply ravishing, everything changed. And I don't think they thought they uh, out of the office was going to be on the lead, but, you know, you fall out there and you're on the lead, you're on the lead. And um, she said, you know, reasonable fractions. It wasn't like she went real fast. But, uh, I mean, Vquist was the better horse. And, of course, the big, uh, the big controversy or, or the big question mark, I think, more was Princess Noor. And do you believe your eyes 
or do you believe the numbers? And well, the numbers prevailed this time. The numbers prevailed. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, or couple, I don't know, maybe a month ago, when the guy on Twitter was saying that the source was a lock and and, and that the, they would be changing the buyers and this and that because he just was... Uh, he was insistent on, on that the buyer was wrong and even though they ran like five two-turn dirt races that day so they would have a solid basis of... Of measurement, uh, buddy, you were still wrong, and they're not changing those buyers. No, they probably downgrade them. <laughs> she's a nice horse, but she's just at this point in her career, she's just not that fast, and she's been taking advantage of of weak, weak, small, weak fields, small, weak, weak fields. fields, and and uh, that's just the way it is. And uh, the east, the East Coast Phillies were better than the West Coast Philly, so. I was happy to cash, but uh, that was it for me. For <laughs> well, I was I was still you know kind of motivating into the the pick four and five the, at this point. <laughs> you know the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. I I foolishly thought that there was going to be some pace in there, and Aunt Pearl just outran him. To the lead and then just cruised and I, I I was a little disappointed that um, Frankie DeTore really kind of fought Campanelle. Man, he he he. That was to me was a worse ride than than Manny Franco on Tesla Law because you know he goes head and head with with Aunt Pearl. Um, I think he might he might have won. I'm not even saying go head and head, but just pressure. Put yeah, like don't let her relax on the lead. Don't let her just have a three or four length lead. And maybe it wouldn't have mattered, but but um, I'd like to find out. I just thought there would be more <laughs> pace in the race. I I didn't see a horse opening up four. Um, and uh, listen, she she ran home good, and she she ran faster than the boys. Uh, just by a tick, but still, um, you know, it was a race that I just thought to myself, I, I just don't like the way this set up, and you know, well, it, not at that I didn't, price, I didn't bet the horse, so it wasn't like, you know, five, even four to one, you know, it, it, it I, I would have been a lot more confident in that kind of, you know, that kind of possibility. But it, what, was she, she ended up being eight to five. I think it was. Yeah. I mean, it was it was tough to swallow that eight to five, um, because of what on paper looked like a definitely a more speedy type race. Well, and Pearl I mean, wound up going all five to two. It was five to two. Yeah. I thought, I thought yeah. she was lower. No, than she that. drifted up to five to two. She was two to one, nine to five for a long time, and um. I don't know why this interests me. Maybe it don't interest only me, but the Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, Boys ran one, two, three, all American breads. In the Juvenile Phillies, it was all Irish breads. Hmm. Not that it means anything, but I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. <sighs> I didn't even realize that until you just said it. Yes. The Juvenile, which was supposed to be the coronation of a champion 
wound up being the coronation of a different champion because Mr. Diodoro used a, a tactic that is rarely seen using the 50 to 1 rabbit to try to set up the race for the 40 to 1 um, main contender. And in doing so, set fractions far faster than the classic. And um, kind of put uh, Jackie's warrior in a in a little bit of a bind, and that Rosario just got outrun to the to the to the half mile, and and he just was in a position that he had never been in. Um, the rest of the pace collapsed. He was the only horse, even in in with a chance at the eighth pole that that had been up close. Um, but he just uh, he just kind of faltered, and it just goes to show you that two turn races are different than one turn races. That uh, you know, big fields are are different than smaller fields, and uh, and it's still a horse race and uh, essential quality. I mean, blessed into this because. He wound up with a perfect, perfect trip, and Luis Ayas got off the Breeders' Cup duck, um, just giving the horse the absolutely dream trip. But it wouldn't have been a dream trip had Theodoro's horse not gone on a suicide mission, which which that's all it was. And um, I, I think that I think in six months none of these horses are going to be. I don't believe uh, Hot Hot Dog Charlie, the ran second as the maiden. I, I mean, I think he just kind of clunked up because it was a fast fast pace. I think Essential Quality ran a per, got a perfect trip. Um, I, I have no knocks against the horse. I just I just don't know that I believe in him yet. Um, I, I just uh, I, I I said on, on Friday afternoon that. It just was kind of an unsatisfying, just the way the race went, and I'm not, I'm not crying because Jackie's Warrior lost. I mean, it didn't mean I, I didn't even have, I was alive and no tickets, and I didn't make a single bet on him. I just thought it was just, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Well, you know, I, I once Jackie's Warrior didn't get the lead, I knew it was over. Um, I, I think this this field and, and how it played out in the race itself is going to rival last year's. Was not a very good race, I think. Yeah, the, lately they they've the Breeders' Cup juveniles have not proved to be uh, all that strong. I do want to mention that um, the track surface. The first race of the day was a stake called the Nyquist. It was for two-year-olds going six and a half furlongs. Kind of like the B-team horses. You know, the kind of later developing horses, lightly raced. They weren't, weren't quite ready for the the juvenile yet, but uh, put a stake on for them. And Chad Brown won the race with a lightly raced horse called Highly Motivated, um, who's by, of course, into mischief. But um, it's not surprising that he won. What was surprising was that the horse ran his six and a half furlongs, one fourteen and four, which is a track record, 
off a 108-3 split, which coming into the race was nothing to suggest that horse was going to run in that stratosphere time-wise. Um, the next race was a Phillies version of that same race called the Songbird. It was won by a horse, uh, uh, Steve Asmussen, that's by uh, um, a sire named Anthony's Cross, who stands down here in Florida for, I think, $2,500. Um, and he's actually a pretty, he's a pretty solid sire. He's, he's had quite a few winners. This is obviously the best one. She ran her 6.5 and, and won 16 uh, off of a 6 for one split of 109.2. So the track was playing very, very fast um, going into Saturday. And then, you know, we kicked off Saturday's races, which were... Nashville. Which were, you know, run <laughs> literally in, in, in the middle of the morning. Um, with a horse called Nashville, of who had been, you know, who was two for two coming to the race with two blowout wins under wraps that um, just were about as impressive as, as you could run. I mean, horses that win, that just draw away um, like that, like he had. And I mean, a lot of people were talking about Breeders' Cup sprint for him and I think they did the right thing. I, I, even looking at the Breeders' Cup sprint, which was probably the weakest that's been maybe uh, maybe ever. Um, a horse with two lifetime starts, it's awful hard to put him in a, a, a full field, a 14-horse field, um, in her third start against grade one competition. Even if the grade one competition isn't is up to the, the usual par. Well, the Perryville Stakes was a, a blowout win and he went 107 and 4 again under wraps setting another track record um on saturday it, it's so funny that people in this industry are so sensitive to, to to any any perceived criticism that they just jump up and down and and, and start pointing fingers and, and the track was fast Extremely fast, super fast, super fast. <laughs> denying that it was fast is idiotic. Idiots, idiots. Let me say it one more oh, time. So idiots try to tell you that they're just fast horses. You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> idiots. Like, that's like the Jedi mind trick to, to make you think that you didn't see what you saw. Guy tried to tell me it was a conspiracy. I said, it's conspiracy. They set five track records out of 14 dirt races. Yeah, that doesn't happen on any day. Like... If you had taken the Breeders' Cup <laughs> and brought the thistle down, okay, I could see them setting five track records because those kind of horses never run there. This is Keeneland. Keeneland. Six weeks a year, the best horses in America run at Keeneland. In the spring and in the fall. And this now the, the six furlong, the six and a half furlong, the seven furlong, the mile, and the mile and a quarter rate track records have all been broken. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying the track was ludicrously fast. I'm not saying it was dangerous. I'm not saying it was biased towards speed. I'm not saying anything except it was ludicrously fast. 
And when you run a, over a surface like that, in the eyes of some, it kind of gives you a little bit of pause because it's almost a contrived thing. Are we doing this? Is the Breeders' Cup, are we doing this so breeders can write in their uh, ads when their horses go to stud, oh, set track record? Of course, that that's why they do it. That's, that's like... I just, I just get like so exasperated when people try to tell me that this didn't happen. What you just saw, you know what I'm saying to themselves? Like, dude, you don't think I get what goes on? You don't think I've talked to 27 freaking track men in my life? And listen, being a track man is a hard job because they get it. They they get it every day. Every day someone's complaining about the track. Too fast, too hard, too slow, too this, too that. You should do this, you should do that. Believe me, those guys never... They're like umpires, you know? <laughs> like, they can never win. They're always in the middle. They're always in the middle. And someone's, one guy's telling them it's too fast. One guy's telling them it's too slow. One guy's telling them it's too deep. One guy's saying it's too hard. One guy's, you know... And believe me, trainers can complain as much as any group of people in the world. That being said... The track was ridiculously fast. How could you? How could anyone say otherwise? I mean, just those records in itself on the same day just happened to go down. I mean, these these five. Words, I've never seen five track records right set. on the same day. For I four, mean, four one day, one the next day. Right. And yes, the horses are good horses. No one's saying that they they weren't like sixty two five climbers. But the horse who set the track record on Friday was a two-year-old making his third start in, in a listed race. Yeah, you got it. You went 108. That should have thrown up the question marks like, hmm. Right. And I'm not saying it was even done intentionally. I'm not saying that. I'm not I'm making any statements except the track it was, fast. was ludicrously <laughs> fast. And, and when you look at the buyers, they're all 103, 104. Of course. Of course they are. Because the track was ludicrously fast. That's why they're not 128. <laughs> Anyways, Nashville looks good. Nashville's excellent. I mean, he's, he's a horse that obviously has something that's not kosher with him because he this is November. He made This was his third lifetime start. He's three. He's not two. So he's been handled with kid gloves. There's been some issues of some sort. I really haven't heard much. Like, I haven't heard a story. Oh, he had this, he had that, he had this, he had that. But I'm sure one exists. He also was entered in the November sale, which I think you do right around the first week of August to enter for the November sale. So he is, he, he was, of course, he's going to be scratched. But he was entered in, in the sale, which is something that Windstar does. Uh, they sell a lot of their their horses, um, their older three and up horses in the November sale, kind of a reduction of stock. And maybe it was, they weren't a hundred percent sure what they had. Maybe it was, they, you know, something goes wrong. Horse gets hurt and rather have me in a sale. Right. But, uh, but he is supposedly going to be pointing towards the Malibu at Santa Anita in late December which is a grade one. And there's a good chance he doesn't get a whole lot of uh um a whole lot of competition in there. Yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing. Who who's actually gonna show up? I mean 
I don't know. I'd be old. Left. I don't know if I, I if I was based the anywhere. Stablemate? Yopon? No. No, Yopons don't do anything. Yeah. But um, you know, if you're not based in Southern California, I don't know how how many people are really gonna want to fly in to run against him. Nah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be real happy about doing that. <laughs> but um, the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint. We'll do this race and then we'll uh, we'll we'll take a quick break. Um, the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint. This was a race that probably was the most talked about Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint ever. <laughs> With Gamine being the uh, the horse, the, the controversial horse, of course, having had two positives for Mr. Baffert. Um, Serengeti Express is the fast horse, the filly that just has, has blinding speed for, for a half mile. Just uh, There's just almost no one that's going to outrun her for a quarter at least. Um, and they were kind of matched up here with a couple horses I thought would be a little more competitive that didn't turn out to be, including my my selection speech who stunk. And I want to thank I I want to thank my West Coast the clocker who who texted me after he saw that I I liked the horse and said hey don't bet that horse she hasn't been training that great. So so well, I mean, he saved he saved know. me money. It cost me a lunch because Jay and I both owe you lunch now. So come dancing, I yeah, told yeah, you, man. Yeah, but She's gonna run the, the race of her life. Let me let me tell you Whether something. One or not, it was another story. You were <laughs> you were gonna get like a a, a, a white tablecloth lunch, but being that the horses all ran terrible and you're just wearing less terrible than ours, you're getting like Arby's uh, or something. Uh, I'll settle for you know. A hot dog and a lemonade at Gulfstream. That works. <laughs> Did they ever let us back? <laughs> yeah, we gotta wait till the Pegasus. <laughs> and this was this was one that I had pegged a long time ago, and then. You did. You you kept saying it over. I think you went three shows straight. I can't that, believe they're not gonna run this filly in the turf. The the the, uh, yes. the filly mare sprint, and then what do I do when it comes down to it? I pick somebody else. <laughs> I mean, listen, she's a $4 winner, but, I mean, still, it was like... Uh, that was easy money. She's just better than those horses. It's just the way it is. She's just a better horse. And she's just a better horse. I, I don't know how else to say it. At three quarters, she was probably a lot more vulnerable, but at seven-eighths, she's just a better horse than Sarah Gay Express. She's just money, yeah. And uh, that was... I mean, to me, that was the race. Serengeti Express cleared. Gamine ran her down, and... No, nobody else really got involved. It just was that was it. And of course, they went uh, you know ludicrously fast and one hundred seven and four, one twenty and one, new track record. But the track wasn't fast though. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, into mischief. She's just greatest horses ever. In, into mischief gets uh, another another Grade One winner, and more justification for a stallion price of two hundred twenty five thousand dollars. He he's he's perfect proof. He's perfect proof though of of the stallion game is a is a crapshoot, man. It's like a throwing darts, throwing darts. If you told if you told me six years ago the into mischief would be standing for two hundred twenty five thousand get breeders cup winners, I'd be like, really? Then I would want. Good luck with that. Yeah, right. 
Uh, the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, which is a race that I don't even like hardly handicap because I just don't have any clue of how to handicap these races, um, was won by, uh, you know, and this was a, a point that I think we made on the show, the Europeans never win this race because they're not fast enough. And then what happened if European wins it? Um, glass Slippers, who got a great trip. Um, Shut off a couple of horses. You know, Mr. Eves did a good job putting her in position, and she didn't get too far behind, which is what a lot of the Euros do. And um, I, I just, uh, I think if you, you watch that race over again a couple times, you could see seven horses get trips that, if things had been a little different, might have won. But I guess that's that race every year. It just is... It's kind of a crazy, you know, crapshoot. Free for all. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was a, it was a ballsy ride. Um, you know, he, he was coming to get the money, and he got it. Nobody was gonna <laughs> take it away. No, I, I was. Uh, I can't say that I was unhappy. I was. I had no. You know, I, I did. I like I said. I have no idea how to handicap those races. I've said this like 4,000 times now. I said, I did a little running commentary on, on Facebook. Yeah, it was the greatest. And um, <laughs> at one point I said, if someone would do a YouTube video on how to handicap turf sprints, I would watch it. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take a break. And... Um, We'll come back with the Dirt Mile, the newly controversial Dirt Mile. Be back in just one minute. All right, we're back. And you know what's funny? We talk about the turf sprints. The one turf sprint course that I really used to do well at, and I really love betting the races. Downhill. Down the hill. Man, that's my favorite. Uh, a guy it was my favorite. <laughs> an industry person who's in the media now called me Sunday, and we were just talking about the races a little in this, all of that, and got to talking about Santa Anita and the turf sprint, and and he said something like, "This is why I don't understand this business. They got rid of the down the hill course because it crossed over the dirt." <laughs> And they built they shoot. built a chute that crosses over the dirt. He goes, uh, do you know if the dirt is more safe in the first turn than the second turn? <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm sure there's a reason. I don't know what it is. But that was the one track that, I, the one down the hill, experience down the hill mattered so much. So much. So many horses did better second and third times down the hill. The horses that, that would run in turf sprints, all kinds of turf sprints everywhere else that didn't do great, could come down the hill and, and do well and vice versa. You would see horses winning at Hollywood going five, oh, yeah. five and a half, and you'd, they'd go off favorite down the hill and you couldn't find and a search lost. Because yep. it was a totally different race. It was a different type of race. It, it was just something that about it that the horses that, that liked it kept doing good at it. I, I used 
I was working for Alan Jerkins, and, and this was when simulcasting was kind of in his infancy, and we would get done because when we worked, you when you worked for Jerkins, you worked. I mean, we worked all day. And I remember being down at like Gulfstream, and we would um, get done, and, and Jason and I and Robbie Medina and um, <clears throat> a bunch of us would go over, because that was the only time we ever had to go to actual races, and we bet a couple races from Santa Anita, and I used to love the down-the-hill races. And it was one race, I, you know, I was actually pretty good at them, but like regular turf, like at Goldstream, the five ace races, like I'm totally lost there. <clears throat> totally lost. And Calder, it's no better. Not not that they were ever racing the turf at Calder anymore. <laughs> no, not with the monsoons Man. for the last three weeks. It, it's, been, it's been crazy. I mean, just crazy how much rain we've gotten. We got... Broward County got 10 inches yesterday. 10 inches of rain. Yeah, that's out. That, that's that's out like something you get in like the 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 jungle of Brazil or somewhere. Like 10 <laughs> inches of rain. Noah's Ark's going to show up. I drove past on the turnpike past the uh, Fort Lauderdale Country Club and it's it's off on the 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 left side as you're driving south. And it was literally there there's like one of the holes is, is right there by the, the highway and and it's the whole thing was underwater. It looked like a lake, except it was where the fairway and the hole is. <laughs> it's not there. It's gone. It's un- underwater. It was just crazy how much water. Uh, the amount of rain we've gotten is just uh, just nuts. But uh, it, it, You know what it is? It's just, you know, the racing gods crying because yes. GPW is on its way out. I know. I know. The last race, it was funny because um, I got the Pompano Saturday, the harness track, about 3 o'clock. And um, it was it was kind of refreshing <laughs> in that all the degenerates were there and all the guys were there. And it's like you're back, in, you're back, right, you're back in that racetrack atmosphere where guys were yelling at the TV, saying ridiculous things betting wrong horses there was a guy smoking through his mask he had a mask that he, he had a hole in oh, that's so he was smoking through the mask <laughs> guys were like arguing and it, it was just uh it's like man i missed you degenerate people <laughs> but um at one point we lost power because the the wind and the rain and we lost all the track feeds it's so weird that you're at a simulcast facility and there's probably i don't know three four hundred people there and as soon as the, the TVs go off, it's like silence. Like, you can't shut those guys up for anything. And and as soon as the, the, the TVs go off, it's like, everybody's like, oh, man, what do we do now? And I was fortunate enough, I think, was, the way I look at it was, I, I thought they did a, a good job uh, on the video of the track feed, because... I didn't. I tried to turn the chat to sound down. No offense to the people talking. I, I know you got a lot of airtime to fill, but sometimes it gets a little tedious to hear stupid stuff. And sometimes, like when you're going, like starting to load in the gate, just be quiet. You don't need to talk anymore. We don't need any more tidbits. When they're loading in the gate, you should be quiet. This is my tip for people who cover races. When they're going in the gate, that's when you shut up. Let the track announcer take it. Let him say who's loading in. Or would just watch it. 
we don't need talk constantly. We've had a lot of talk. Breeders' Cup races have a lot of time between them. We don't need that extra 45 seconds of talk. That's my, uh, that's my <laughs> venting for the day. But, oh, if you, you, know, you know, once they start loading, I mean, what, what else can you really say? Exactly. It's too late to bet. You know, it's not like you're you know, going to give some clever antidote. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know the, the horses by the sire are, are six for nine, lifetime. Uh, like, it's too late. Just shut up. But, unfortunately, they were not able to get the simulcast feeds back up before the Classic ran. So we were forced to watch the NBC coverage. And I have to say that, um, you know, ever see... <laughs> this is things like only I read. Like you get video games, right? And they have these little warnings. And I always thought it was weird. Like if you get the PlayStation, it says if you are subject to like epileptic seizures, you're not supposed to play. True. And... I think that you should put that same warning if you're watching the NBC coverage of horse racing. Because they switch from camera to camera to camera. It might just, it, it almost put me into a seizure. Like, you have no idea what the hell's going on in the race. You don't even know where they're at when they, because they just keep switching and switching and switching and switching and switching. Imagine if in a football game, a guy was running down the field and they switched, they switched angles three times. They, they, they went to the side view, then they went to the, the to above view, then they went to the field view. They don't do that. They show the play. Then afterwards they change it. Why do they have to, to, to show seven angles every quarter mile? Well, the, the, you know, my thing is, is the race is only but so long. I mean, they could show. It's two minutes. Right. They could show it again from a exactly. different angle. Exactly. Wouldn't that be like the play that you, you kind of show the race on pan shot? Even if you had two angles, okay? You, you had one and you switched to another. Okay, fine. I know, I know the producers are probably, or the directors are shaking. Oh, my God, we got to do something. We can't just sit here for a minute and a half. But, like, use the, 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 the jockey cam or the overhead or the, uh, the, the drone or something. Use that to, like, explain what went on after the race so that we can watch the race first. It, it's just, if you, imagine you're, you're watching a baseball game and, and it was the ninth inning and there was two guys on and two outs and, and they switched to like the the view from the first base dugout instead of behind the, the pitcher. Oh man, I mean so people would go nuts. But in here they think, oh it's clever and oh this is it's for the new horse racing fans. I'm like, oh the new horse racing fans like like having no like idea. They, know, they have an idea of what goes on if they're really that new. And it's getting worse. I mean they do more. They they're trying to be so and don't worry, they'll give them an eclipse award because they always do. Well, but, who else is doing that? I mean... <laughs> I don't care. Give it to Fox. Give it to them guys. Give it to Stabile. He deserves an Eclipse Award. Big Anthony. <laughs> he deserves an Eclipse Award for making it this long. <laughs> He's going to hear that. You know that, right? Of course. Okay. He's the best. <laughs> um. Anyways... Yeah, I feel bad about the downhill races. But, you know, life goes on. The, um... The Dirt Mile. Oh, boy. I was critical of this race. The C-Team. 
because I think it's when it's run on two turns, it just seems like it just seems like such a flawed race. And you're starting close to the wire, but then they move it back, so it's actually probably closer to mile sixteenth. And most of the horses aren't fast enough to compete in the sprint, but they're really not good enough to compete in the classic. And it's just this. It's kind of like the junk draw of races. You know how they, you have a draw in your kitchen like for junk? Like, you don't know, it doesn't go anywhere else. There's always, like, two batteries in there and, you know, a spoon that doesn't fit with the rest or a key that you're know, not really sure what it's for. And it just goes in that. That's what this race is. It's like the Breeders' Cup junk. Uh, the Misfits. Yeah. Style, misfit toys. So, Nick's go. Hadn't hit the board in a stake in, like, forever. Hadn't won a stake in two years. Two years, right? It was, yeah. And this race was oversubscribed. I'm not even sure that this horse really should have been in this race, but that's a, that's a I was wondering the same thing. That, that's a, like, that, that's well, an how, argument how for another day. In? Because he had run huge numbers. And so apparently that part of the process. Whatever. You know, it's not as though he kept out... Uh, Far lap and man of war. So, but this is a race that people watch, and and this is the kind of race performance that brings a lot of um, uneasiness to people. And I guess that's the nicest way of saying this. In that, the horse changed hands and didn't get better. He got like. Massively better. Like Superman. <laughs> he 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 got he he, he got like, um, like Dennis Smith to Luke Donick better. Like wow, went from scrub to star, and when you go twenty one and four, forty four and two, one oh eight and one, one twenty and three, and finish up the mile one thirty three and four and win easily. Around two turns, not one turn, two turns. It just kind of leaves you with this feeling of, I'm not really sure that what I'm seeing is legitimate. Because Nick's go went from being a plug to being Dr. Fager. <laughs> and uh, I, I just, um, it's just one, like the horse has gotten to be so good, it, it's hard to believe that he could possibly be this good. And clearly, well, it, clearly his trainer is better than his prior trainer. Um, and it just is, the numbers are what they are. I'm not saying the other guy is, is terrible or anything. I'm just saying that one guy wins a lot and the other guy doesn't win quite nearly as much. And Certainly the new person's methods have, have worked, but these are the kind of races that make it difficult to to fathom that, uh, that this horse could, could run like that. And uh, I, I just don't... And, and the horse is going to stud. Oh, yeah, after that. Well, he's owned by the, um, the Korean Racing Kang Authority. Oh, Korean. So he, he's going to stud, and which is fine. I mean, that's they own the horse. They bought him the hopefully be a stallion and he's going to be a stallion but 
I just don't know what else to say other than like um I, I just don't know what else to say. Well, I'll I'll brandish this with the, the, the Riddler question marks. Because I think, you know, kind of along the lines of what you were saying, that maybe two, three years down the road we'll look back and be like, Yeah, we knew. But we didn't know. <laughs> Um, just the way everything kind of shook out, it it was just, it just didn't, it didn't register with me right away. I had to, I had to let a couple of races go by and then be like, yeah, that there's something that just didn't sit right. Um, again, it's, it's like, you know, what do you say when you see something like that <clears throat> and you look at his past performances and, you know, like you said, he changed hands and then all of a sudden he was super horse like literally like pegasus part two and there's really no explanation for it at all you know it's not like he was doing well when he changed hands and he just improved slightly it's just a world of difference um and there's really you know it's like what do you what do you say to that because you've seen it before and it didn't end well (laughs) But we don't know what this is going to end up like or what goes on from this point going forward, but we just know what we saw. I did a show about Dr. Not Dr. Drager, about Spectacular Bid a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And this was a hor- This was like how Spectacular Bid would run a race. Except this is not Spectacular Bid. Not Spe- even close. Spectacular <laughs> Bid was, was always good. He was always good. He was never not good. And like this horse has spent most of his career not very good. And all of a sudden, he's not only good, he's like 21, 44, 108, 133 good. And it's just hard to, to, to come up with comparisons for it. And, uh, I mean, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm, I'm just saying I just don't know how to, to process that performance from that horse and uh the breeders cup philly mare turf was a really good race it was excellent and i i I give rushing fall all the due that she deserves she ran a really she ran a really big race and um she just got beat by a better, a little bit better horse, uh, probably a little bit further than she wanted to go. She got a great trip. I mean, let's face it. She, she, she just stalked me, Mary, in her typical position and uh, looked like a winner. I, honestly, I thought she was a winner. And um, Odaria, under Pierre Charles Baudot, who Jason Baudot. said could run. Uh, he said, Chuck, the guy can ride. And he was he was one hundred percent right because he certainly can ride. Um, I I used this filly. I mean, we made money with her with this race and going forward. So I, I was happy with the result. Um, but I I didn't I I really didn't like rushing fall. I thought that um, this is a little bit further and she wants to go. And I thought that Mean Mary might take a little more starch out of her than she did. Um, but she ran great. I mean, and I, I think she'll probably, probably get the Eclipse Award for Champion for Turf Philly. 
I don't think they'll give it to either of the Europeans that won here. Um, I don't know. I mean, if she had if she'd run off the board, then they definitely would have been a definitely whole different you know ball game. But she her body of work is probably enough to win her the Eclipse, and uh, she ran like I said, she ran she ran extremely well. But uh, the winner ran great. I mean, she just she just motored down in the stretch. She was. She had every right to get beat, and she did, and she won. So, uh, I believe yeah, that. Yeah, at first I thought I thought the horse stalled out, like deep stretch, um, the eleven, uh, but she ended up just wearing her down late, and like you said, she didn't take nothing away from rushing fall. In fact, I tweeted out right before that race that I couldn't, I could, it's a, it was tough for me to take rushing fall at that price, considering that I didn't think she was going to go. Or she wanted to go that far, but she kind of did everything but win. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I mean that was that was a great race. She did. I I, I thought uh, I I thought Civil Union had a little bit of a shot of hitting the board, and she just got too far behind. And uh, it, you know the yeah, the, the unfortunate the unfortunate bit. part of that race was Starship Jubilee losing the jock right at the start, which uh, which sucked. I mean, thankfully nothing happened. Uh, she got, you know, they collared her and she was okay, but, uh, but, um, it was, uh, it was, you know, they went, I mean, listen, they went legit fractions. The Mean Mary set legit fractions with that Cayenne Pepper who, who kind of cleared from the outside. <laughs> um, easily. Yeah. The, she, she, she really did. But in doing so gave rushing fall probably a, a little better trip in it. She didn't have to do the dirty work, um, you know, running Mean Mary down. So, so it was a good race. It was uh, an interesting race. Harvey's little Goyle um, ran, sure outran her, uh, her odds. And Lady Prancelot, who you could have made a real case that she shouldn't have got in this race. She, she, there, this was an oversubscribed race, too. She ran out. She ran great to be fourth, too, at 75 to 1. But uh, that was a track record. So the turf wasn't nearly as. Uh, Surf was actually listed as firm by that time in the day, which I don't know that anyone actually mentioned that. But no, nobody did yeah. because I, you know, I I know on the broadcast they kept saying good, good, good early, and then they just stopped mentioning track conditions after a certain point. Yeah, but uh, take nothing away from Odaria, who who uh, who who just ran great. I mean, she ran a bang up race and. Uh, um, I didn't, you know, I wasn't that familiar with that jockey, but he, he certainly can ride. A friend of mine, um, one of my good friends, you know, uh, told me probably a couple of weeks ago that he was probably one of the best riders in Europe. And I was like, really? I mean, I don't really follow that much European racing, but he's on it. And he's, he said, you know, this guy's legit. And he sure did show up. On a pickup mount too, I think he got later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to the sprint, it was a uh, it was a result that I was pleased with. It was not a result that afforded me any more cash in my pocket. But the horse I liked ran terrible. Yao Pan was brutally bad. Had no excuse. Um, kind of was two to one. Sat at like two to one, two to one, two to one, which I thought was 
a high uh, price. And then he got bet down that. late, but he never he never looked like a, like he was in a good position. And uh, I'll be honest, I did not have Jasper Prince, the Japanese horse, uh, clearing to the lead <laughs> um, by three. Uh, that that was a shock to me, and I mean he, he just backed up through the field, but uh, uh, that that was um, <laughs> that was very surprising that that he uh, he showed like extreme speed, and um, I mean Frank's Rocket never got on track, and she was nope. she was good. You'd think she was going to be one of the pace setters, and actually at Yaupan I thought would be right up on the pace. I thought she would be sitting. Um, I thought he'd be sitting third. Second, third with the Empire of Gold and um, Frank's Rocket, but uh, Empire of Gold chased uh, Jasper Prince and, and actually held on Hung well. In there. Yeah, yeah, Hung he, in there. he he actually ran a big race to be fourth. Uh, he certainly is a little better than 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 he had run earlier in this year. Uh, Ferenzi Fire ran a big race to be third, um, but Whitmore just. Just ran, he ran his A race, and uh, we yeah, had a kind of great setup, you know, it, considering it, what happened with that foreign horse that, that kind of jumped to the lead and went crazy. Um, it did, I mean, but you know, was, I, I read wrote him perfectly too. I mean, he saved yeah, ground on he the definitely turn, got him in the right spot. He, he couldn't ask for a better trip no, than that. that. That's how the yeah. horse wants to be ridden, and then this, yeah. you know, it, it all set up for him. And uh, I, I was happy, Ron was on the show a couple of weeks back, and I'd asked him, I said, well, you know, Whitmore, are you going to take a shot, one more shot? And he's like, I, I think, you know, got to talk to the owners, but I think we're going to go. I said, what do you got? I said, what do you got to lose, right? So. Got the cone of gold action going on. Yeah. Uh, four times. Ron, Ron owns a piece of that horse, too, so. Yeah, I saw that on, on Twitter. I didn't know he owned a piece, but yeah. that's that's great. He's a, I mean, he's a good guy. He really is. And it's nice to see horses like this. Who who you know the hard old tough old campaigners and win and 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 he prevented CZ's rocket from winning which would have of course oh made... man that would have that would have ruined my whole day <laughs> if CZ rocket won would have not been that... a popular win no I mean that that would have been reminiscent of the the Knicks go oh. kind of thing yeah but it was a it was it was a nice race I mean I guess it was not a strong field for the Breeders Cup Sprint and. It, uh, you know, Vacoma dropping out kind of changed the race a little bit, but based upon based upon how fast that Japanese horse got to the lead, man, that horse was like a rocket. I I don't know that um, I, I don't know I don't, I don't I don't know what it would have been any different, but uh, I I mean it, the turf the turf eclipse award situation at this point is kind of really screwed up, and that nobody really did enough to like. Um, to forge ahead. No, the horse of category, the, the horse of you know? Asmussen's that won the couple summer stakes. The horse only won two stakes before he got hurt and, and was re was retired. And uh, Whitmore, I think he won a race earlier in the year, but he doesn't have a huge resume. But he won the biggest one, so um, I I don't know that. I mean, yeah, you can't give it to Volatile. <laughs> no, and Vakuma ran one sprint all year. Right. You know, and, and I don't care. A mile is not a sprint. I don't care if it's around one turn. It's not a sprint. It's a, no. not a sprint. Seven furlongs is a I, I had that same debate um, several times on Twitter. 
about distance. I think I included you in one of them, you know, where, you know, is a six and a half furlongs like at Charlestown equivalent to a mile because it has two turns. And I was like, well, it's it's about the distance, not the turns. Charlestown doesn't matter. Turns make a difference, <laughs> but it's not it's it's not the same. Charlestown you know? has its own <laughs> Charlestown's its own universe. <laughs> no, I, I know what well, you're saying. I, well, you yeah, know, people people made that argument to me. It was seven and a half on, on the turf at, at Gulfstream. Yeah, they're two turn is races. Is it a sprint or is it no, not? It's not a sprint, it's a mile race essentially. Right, yeah, and that's when that's when you told me it, that it's, it's, like a, it's really like a hundred yards less yeah, than a mile. Or yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's a half furlong supposedly less than a mile, but then when you add the run up, it's it's almost a mile. It winds up being like like twenty yards short of a mile. It's it's right. essentially a yeah. mile race. When they run seven eighths and one seven and a half and one thirty, and the mile runs seven uh, runs a mile and one thirty four. It, it shows right, you, you know, right. Yeah. It's it's not, <laughs> it's not a huge difference. But a mile race around one turn is not a sprint. If you go in the condition book, it's they, they open it up, and the races are listed as sprints and as routes. Guess what? The mile races are the routes. They're not in Root. the sprint side. That's where the routes start. And someone was trying to say, well, you know, the mile race is like a sprint. Yeah, maybe it's like a sprint, but it's not. Mile Belmont runs mile and sixteenth around one turn. They run mile and eighth around one turn. Are they sprints too because they're one turn? No, they're not sprints. Mile races, the Met Mile should not count towards a sprint championship. You could use it as a, um, as a they class kind of run thing, like sprints now, but, but it's not. It's not a sprint yeah. race. So, saying that well, he won sprint like races. Well, I, I hate the fact that we've gotten to where horses can win championships and win Eclipse awards. Running three and four races, it just stinks. It really does. But well, everybody's campaign is like six races yeah. total, so I guess they win half of them, and they win three of those are Grade Ones. Who could dispute it? I mean, Vacoma ran three times this year. Yep. So, uh, in the end, it doesn't really. I mean, what difference does it make? And we spent in this business. We spent an, ex, uh, an exorbitant amount of time arguing over the Eclipse Awards, and who cares in the end? Really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't not to not like, to the betters. I know that. <laughs> uh, there was guys talking on Twitter yesterday talking about the Horse of the Year, and I was like, "Who was the Horse of the Year Why? last year?" And they were like, "Oh, uh, Bricks and Mortar." I was like, "Okay, I forgot. I literally forgot. I didn't even remember they, the horse won the Horse of the Year last year." As far as I'm concerned, Bobby's kidding is horse of the year every year. Horse of the decade. That's right. Uh, the Breeders' Cup Turf Mile. The FanDuel Breeders' Cup Turf Mile. This was um, this was a race I really screwed up terribly in because <laughs> I, uh, at this point in the card, I'd just gotten the Pompano, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to box the Euros in this race. Just a buck. I'm going to box them. So, you know, maybe I should even put a 50 cent try in. I'll box them all. And I did, I thought. Except I forgot that Order of Australia drew in. 
and I didn't use that horse because I forgot it drew in. And when they're going down the backside, and he looked great down the backside, and I was like, who's the five? Who I was like, the five. Did I use the five? Then I'm like, that's not the five. That's the 15. Shit. And of course, the horse wins, pays $75. Excuse me, 75 to one, with the Euros running second and third. I think I bet like one, two, three, four, seven, or nine, or something like that. And I was like, are you kidding me? I can't believe it. And of course, like the, you know, the, the try, the 50 cent try paid 4,000, the exacta paid 1,000. And, and, you know, I wound up with zero because I was too stupid to, you know, to, to, uh, to realize that the horse was in the race. Well, this is, this is what I did. Um, I played multiple to the tune of 15 of the same ticket eight dollar ticket i went four deep in that leg without using the 15. so i had the second and third place finisher i singled monomoy girl spread four deep uh using tarnawa and then singled authentic and that really summed up most of my day on Saturday. After that, I was crushed. I mean, I, I did, I did nail the uh, the um, last pick three pretty good. Um, but I mean, I, I I I really, you know, if Circus Maximus wins, you know, it's it's Sizzler time. We're 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 doing the dance. We're doing everything. But. Uh, I thought I actually thought he was gonna get there, um, but he was just too late. And you know the 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 ride on Order of Australia was was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he rode it was just masterful. Just a great trip from the outside Everything. post. It really it was it was really good. So I'm not I'm not really that upset about it. Normally I would be, but you know I guess me kind of being too precise got me in trouble when I should have used all the euros. Aiden O'Brien got himself off the duck. I, I got to give him a lot of credit for that. <laughs> yeah, as I say, he got off the duck in a big way. And I give him, I give him a lot of credit for sending that horse. I mean, you yeah, gotta have a, you gotta have a lot of you gotta have a lot of balls to send a horse that got beat forty seven lengths in a Group Three last time out to the Breeders' Cup. Not only did he do it, and this was a Sumion mount that lost poor Christoph Sumion, my man. He lost three Breeders' Cup winners, man. That's it's rough. If you think you had a bad day, yeah. That's. I didn't really have a bad day. No, I'm not saying you, but I'm just thinking if anyone out there had a bad day betting, uh, you oh, lo- yeah. you might have lost yeah, a little yeah. bit. But this guy, he he missed out on. Probably about uh, five, six hundred thousand. Um, let's see. No, he well one point eight for that race, so that's nine hundred. That's ninety. Yeah, he he probably lost about he he probably lost about quarter million bucks. The quarter million dollar blow for COVID test. The distaff. 
the distaff, I did not like Swiss Skydiver at all. And I was vocal about that. And honestly, I, I, I did not know that she was going to stumble at the start, which certainly cost her. Um, but I, I think Alvarado moved her a little too early. He, he tried to make a big move, and I understand that. You know, but um, he empty didn't. She, she was empty late, yep. and uh, you know, and Monmoy Grove didn't really run all that great. Um, well, I thought she ran. She I won. thought I thought she ran really good. I mean, I thought she ran really she, good. He sat out. He, he just sat, sat out in the middle of the course on a track that was inside speed. You know, kind of favoring. And I mean, they went fast too. the 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 pace was really fast. Yeah. Um. Again, the pace was faster in this race than the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, Harvest Moon, uh, you know, set a, a fast pace, and Lady Kate was was you know she, she she just stopped, so she paid the price. Uh, Ollie's Candy was also was another one who was up close to the pace and paid the price. Um, by by just you know not finishing at all, but. Um, uh, I had a debate with Jason over Swiss Skydiver. And my contention is that certainly the stumble cost her any chance of winning, no doubt about it. But I think that had she not been regressing off of those tough races, that she might have hung on and got a piece, maybe fourth. Because she literally passed Harvest Moon. And Harvest Moon held on for fourth. Um, but, uh, it, it was such a, I mean, the pace was strong. Dunbar Road, who finished third, came from ninth. Valiant, who finished second, came from, was eighth after three quarters. So, uh, I mean, Monomaly Girl, just, she's just a better horse than these. And just, you know, Zero did the right thing, as it turns out, by just, by just sitting, sitting four or five wide throughout and, Moved to the lead, and that was it. And it's just uh, as easy as can be. And, you know, she's a $9 million horse, and uh, apparently she's coming back next year. Because I think that I've seen her in every pair of soaks imaginable. Yeah, it's almost like they try new ones on every time. But uh, Valiance ran good. I think that's a filly that, that's going to be um, assuming that she's going to stay in training. You never know these days. But uh, she could be, she could be a, a a tough a tough customer um, in the races that Swiss Skydiver and Monomoy Girls aren't aren't in. Uh, I yeah, thought Harvest Moon ran really really two, good. Okay. I, I thought you know watching that race over again, she was the only horse that survived the pace. She was the only one. I mean, Monomoly Girl wasn't far away, but Monomoly Girl's in a little bit of a different category than those other ones. But Harvest Harvest Moon, she hung in there really well. Um, she really, I, I thought she ran good as a three-year-old. She was, uh, there was only two three-year-olds in the race, her and, and Swiss Skydiver. But, um, I mean, Monomoly Girl was just, just clearly better. That's all there is to it. <laughs> you know, there's... 
sometimes they're just better, and that's that was her. That's it. And uh, I, I was very happy to cash my tickets, to be honest with you. It's, it's not often you get a horse as dominant as she is, then, and you still get a uh, the the prices that, that that came back in that race. Yeah, I was actually surprised she wasn't lower. Yeah, I mean, even money. Of course, it's all hindsight, but I was kind of thinking she'd be she'd have shaded even. I thought she'd be four to five, but but that's the way it went. Um, I loved Tarwana in the mile, and she won. I probably would have bet a lot more if Sumian was riding, but Colin Keane. I'll take the nine to two. Colin Keane rode. I he rode perfect. I, I can't. I can't knock the guy in any way. He's obviously a really, a really good rider, and uh, um, you know she kind of stumbled a little bit at the start too. She didn't. She didn't get out great. Um, and this pace there. This was a race that that really had no pace. I mean, Channelmaker's on the lead, and he's just crawling on the lead. And and Franco did the right thing. He tried to open up and and, and get a little distance between him and the rest of the field. And uh, I know he, he takes folded like an accordion. <laughs> uh, he, you know, he he's, he figured to. He's not as good as those other right. horses, but the fact that he he finished third, it might win him. It might win him the Eclipse Award. Because who else is there? Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but so, yeah, he, he might be right. I mean, who else is there? Who else is there? <laughs> United. United, yeah, who didn't run well and at all um he he kind of chased the pace and just backed up i mean he didn't have much much at all nothing nothing to offer he kind of slipped on the turn or something took a bad step yeah Uh, but uh tarwana was was really really good magical she ran a good race uh she's just not as good as tarwana is right and um i don't know what else to say about the race other than the best horse won and the best horse finished second. And I thought Franco did a good job riding the horse. I, I really think that he he was aggressive and uh, and being third in there is is might might actually get him the Eclipse Award. I don't know. I, I think it's, it's it a, might be tough not to give it to United, <clears throat> even though um, he didn't run that great. But. You know, I think people are kind of looking at him kind of like equal going into the race. And one horse ran third and the other ran off the track. The Breeders' Cup means a lot in those those votes. means a lot. True. Whether True. it should or not, I don't know. Maybe it's a little... Put it this way. This isn't like... Um... <laughs> this isn't a race where... Uh, an eclipse, a race where... The runner-up really has a whole lot to bitch about because whoever gets it is going to be a soft, soft winner because it just was a very poor year and nobody really took control of the division. And um, that's why Phillies can come over here and, and, and beat us, beat them. Because uh just wasn't a great field, but, uh, you know, American-wise. And, you know, Dermot Well got off the duck, too. It's hard to believe. I mean, and Dermot Weld is, is, had only run in 16 races. And he was training in 1984 when the first Breeders' Cup was around. So he doesn't come. That's true. He doesn't come very often. But uh, he had not got to the winner's circle in that race. And 
I mean, the guy's won that Melbourne Cup twice out of Ireland, you know, coming from Ireland. So he, he clearly knows what he's doing. But um, um, that was a race that uh, I, I, I was, it kind of figured. I mean, it was a, a kind of a logical race and uh, and kicked off the, uh, uh, I mean, no, excuse me, kicked off. It was uh, you know, the, the last step before the Classic and. You know the classic was uh, as we as we described it for about a half hour before, kind of a <laughs> interesting to say the least. An interesting race, you know, and uh, it's it's it's, and we did talk touch on the stallion aspect too, and that you have virtually the whole field in the classic is is going to stud outside of um, uh, tis the law and uh, tacticus. Who you know did his usual clunk up for fourth and he run a a decent enough race, not a great race, not a bad race. He just this is him. He this is this is him. He's his 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 kid's career now consists of mediocrity. But second, thirds, and fourths. Um. Yeah, I mean, of, of authentic, he went off the stud to Spendthrift, and Improbable went to Windstar. Global Campaign, I think, went to Windstar. He was third. Um, Maximum Security, I think, is going to Coolmore. Yes. Um, higher Power is going somewhere. Uh, Darby Dan, maybe. Um, Tom's the Tot, uh, who, who really did nothing in, in that race. He's, he's going off to stud somewhere as well. So I guess by my standards will be back. So you have by my standards, title ready, and um, and tis the law. They're and tactics. They're those are the four that are coming back. So next year's older horse division does not look strong. This year's wasn't strong. This is what I I had said many times going into this race. It's a competitive race. It's a good race, but these aren't great horses. By any stretch of the imagination. And the sad thing about Authentic going to stud is he might be a really good horse. We Absolutely. Just, we, we just give him a chance. Right. We're <laughs> never going to get a chance to see where he could really be because, yes, he ran great in this race, but, you know, he, he got, um, well, we, we're not exactly sure what the fractions are. We have hand time fractions. They put it, you know, the half around forty-seven and change, but um, it um, it would be nice to see him. It would have been nice to have seen American Pharaoh at four. Um, it just is what it is, I guess. And you know, most of these other horses, they were who they were. Improbable is that he turned into a pretty good four-year-old. A global campaign turned into a pretty good four-year-old. Um, maximum yeah. security kind of went the other way, but of course there's the issues that we don't, you know, talk about another day. Um, says the law, you know, maybe he just tailed off a little bit too. Um, I think it probably reminded me a lot of opportunity. Yeah. You know, and he got better with age. Um, you know, and you know how I feel about maximum security. I think, Bobby Baffert may have outtrained himself there, um, but you know you never know. 
I mean, he could have just been going the wrong way from when he got back from Saudi. Who knows? Who knows? Exactly. Yeah, like a midnight beast. She she ran one big race, but then um, she was life and death against Fixatious, and then she was gone. That was it for her. Yep, that's it. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. And, and you know, the one thing about this this age of, of racing is that horses race so infrequently that we used to know them better. We used to know what a horse was capable better. You used to have a a better um, feel for horses. Nowadays, they race so infrequently, and people are so they're so eager, and there's such a rush to say how great they are after two, three, four starts. And then they get so upset when they lose, but... but but that's what that's that's what happens. That's why you keep racing them. <laughs> that, that's that's why. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing is that I don't know why all of a sudden people get upset when horses lose because, and and I think some of it is that we live in an age of instant gratification, and I think we also live in an age where everybody wants to think that what they're seeing is the best thing they've ever anyone's ever saw. And let me explain something to you. If you're watching horse racing. You're never going to see the best horses that ever ran because the horses never run enough. The good ones are taken away. So you're never going to get a chance to see that. And maybe you'll see a great race or two from them. But that's the thing that stinks. Is that you're never going to see a campaign like Lady Secret Head. Oh, man. Even Personal Ensign. You look at a horse like Personal Ensign, right? 13 for 13. Well... You say, well, she only ran 13 times, Chuck, and she ran, you know, to two, three, and four. Yeah, she also shattered her leg in half after, at the end of her two-year-old season. Had, like, 16 screws in it, and they brought her back and ran her two seasons. That's right. <clears throat> and she didn't have long campaigns. You know, Shug got her ready and, and ran her and ran her and ran her and ran, ran her gave her the rest of the year off. Brought her back, ran her, ran her, ran her, ran her, won the British Cup. Walk like a walk off home run, and it's sad that we don't see these these kind of things. And the Phillies do. I shouldn't even use. She's probably not the greatest example because the Phillies actually do seem to come back and run a little bit more than the than the boys, for obvious reasons. The Philly can produce one full a year, and the stud can co- you know cover. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the rules are in effect yet, or the the jockey club. Um, Limiting to uh, 140 foals. Um, I, I don't know, I'd be honest, when that goes into effect. But but um, you know, 75,000 times 140, is that's a lot. It's a nice chunk of change. <laughs> that's a lot, man. <laughs> that's <all>. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody give me $75,000 140 times. <laughs> I'll take it. Give me seventy five. You give me seventy five hundred once. I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> My stud fee's low, bro. Whatever, the, whatever you feel. Just leave. If it's for free. It's for me. <laughs> just leave it on the table as you leave. <laughs> whatever you think I was worth. Smoke uh, you got him. Oh God! But uh, it's it's uh it's part of the business. That's just the way it is. And complaining about it ain't gonna make it no better. The problem we have is that uh, is there ain't much to look forward to. We got the Clark weekend. We got the Naira Mile or what do they call it, Cigar Mile, that weekend, and and after that, it's it's, 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 it's pretty slim pickings. It's 
pretty slim pickings. Well, supposedly, uh, uh, Tis the Law is going to be pointed towards the Pegasus. That'll um, be nice. Who was it? <laughs> Jesus' team. I got to give him credit. He, he, hey, ran, he ran a good race. Ran a, I told you that horse is going to show up. Well, those, he flattered those guys, a couple. He did. He? You're right. He, he, he ran second. He, he ran a good race. He'll be back. He'll be, he'll be he'll be in the Pegasus. I guarantee you. Those those boys will be in the Pegasus. Oh for yeah, sure. they're, they're definitely gonna be there. Oh yeah, they're gonna be in the Pegasus. Uh, <laughs> Dennis's moment might be in the Pegasus. <laughs> wild card. <laughs> Real wild card. <laughs> um, I mean, you never know. That's the thing about racing. It's always is, an interesting race. You know? Every year I mean, we we get horses that get good and. Improve and all of a sudden they're they're there, you know, like mucho gusto. Like last year. no, no one was talking about Tom's the top coming into this year, nobody. And all of a sudden, you know, he he, he runs a couple big races and and it's like, hey, you know, he's a he's the he's a contender and and that's that happens every year in this business. Every year we get horse come out of nowhere, just gets good. Did and, he uh, did he run in the paces two years ago? He did. Yes, he did in the. The rain-soaked Pegasus. Oh man, the uh, hidden scroll coming out party Pegasus. They're still looking for him. Haven't <laughs> found him yet. Talk about a horse, man! Like like a horse that's hard to figure. That horse is nuts. You'd think at some point they would just break down and say, "Hey, you know what? We need to kill this horse." But no, nah, they don't want to do that. But he's he's it's tough to even get him in the starting gate and out of the starting gate. <laughs> when you watch next year, I'll probably win the classic. Everybody will say, "Oh, we knew, we knew, <laughs> we knew." I mean, we've had a, a couple tough days here. The pomp was supposed to be open last night, opening day, and then it it got it got rather scratched, which was probably a good idea. I mean, we had 50, 60 mile an hour winds. And like I said, Broward had 10 inches of rain, and it, it was probably the, the wise decision to, to cancel, to push back opening day till tonight, except they had to cancel again tonight because the, uh, apparently the lights wouldn't go on. Like you said, it could be true night racing if we race without the lights. Just put the, the coal miner helmets on the riders and drivers, and they're off we go. I'd love to see that. So hopefully, the hopefully, Pompano Park can open tomorrow night for opening night. It's been a, a we'll see because uh, that storm ain't going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? The storm might double back, and this is like the longest storm forever. This storm has been around for like two weeks. It's crazy. It hit it hit hit Mexico. It hit like. Down in Central America, then spun off to Cuba. Now it's coming over here. I mean, Ida doesn't want to go away. But it's uh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, they were on the turf at Gulfstream Park West the other the other day. <laughs> one day they got one day of turf racing in. Didn't they? Didn't they oh, start pouring uh, on see, Saturday? Like late. I'm after. telling you, if you watch, you have to watch the tenth race. From Gulfstream oh, I hit that pick West. three, by the way. I needed the three to win that race. That was the most insane thing. Like, 
you 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 have to watch the race to really appreciate. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable because I didn't see the two until they hit the finish line. I mean, I didn't even know where the horse was. This horse came out of literally nowhere, and it's it's a, like a driving rainstorm, just miserable weather, and uh, it it was just crazy. <laughs> At first, I thought the two won it, and I was like, "Man, it just blew my pick three with this horse that just came out of nowhere." But man, Pompano, you're watching, and I was kind of like half watching the race, half watching, you know, trying to handicap the next race, the uh, the turf, I think it was, and all of a sudden, like, there's this gasp, and that's usually the gasp, like when something bad happens. And I was like, "What happened?" They're like, "The horse won on the outside rail." I was like. What? <laughs> watch, you gotta watch. And then they showed the replay, and it was like, man, the horse was. Yeah, I was thought like the two won it. Yeah, he was like first. never in the picture, and all of a sudden he's he's literally on the outside fence. It was. It was yeah, I, I needed that three though. Honestly, you need, <laughs> if you didn't watch it, you should go back and watch the replay of the tenth race on Saturday at Gold Street Park West. And really, you can fast forward to like the last twenty seconds, ten seconds of the race because that's where all the action happens. But it was uh, it was nuts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they canceled yesterday too, and um, they had they had turf racing on Friday. The only day of I can't remember the last time they had turf racing down there. Uh, at least this year they didn't call it the Turf Festival. Well, they were smarter than that this year. Yep. So. So, but um. Yeah, the, that's the one thing about Breeders' Cup in that every, virtually every good horse in America runs over the weekend, and it doesn't leave a whole lot for the next couple of weekends. Racing will be a little bit slow. Uh, we're back to Aqueduct, the big A, and uh, you know, we're a couple of weeks away from the championship meet. At Gulf. That's what I'm so, talking about. So that'll be it. The fairgrounds. Uh, Churchill's got a couple. Re, Churchill starts back up, and they've got a couple more weeks to go. And the fairgrounds will be kicking off. Tampa won't be too far behind, and uh, we fully immersed in the winter racing schedule. Won't be. On the Pegasus, our, our annual, uh, our annual get together. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, it'll, hopefully everything goes okay and. You don't get put under some quarantine or some crap. But... Yeah, make sure uh, Spearsy gets quarantined before he comes down here. Spearsy should be quarantined like every other week. <laughs> he should. Get... The bar is gonna quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> He'll tell you alcohol kills germs, so he's safe. Safe. Yeah, he's got his. He's got a new hip now, man. This guy's like, he's. he's... Oh, he's ready to go, man. He's gonna be. High stepper. He's like bionic. <laughs> it's nothing watching. It's nothing like watching him and Filiberto Leone having an argument after they both had a couple cocktails. It's like that movie with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, yeah, the Pegasus is. Uh, I don't know, maybe it, it just seems like there's such a dearth of, of top handicap horses going to be left. I, I'm not sure what, what's going to go on with the Saudi race. 
I don't know well, if people. I don't know if people be a little nervous to go there. With a with a weak field, a good betting race with a semi weak field. Yeah, it just there's you got those three races, and it doesn't seem like anybody's willing to even try two of them. So, you have you have the race in Saudi Arabia, and you have the the Dubai World Cup. So you have a, a January, Mar- April, or excuse me, January, uh, February, and March race. Huge money, but. Uh, I mean, it's $3 million. It's hard to believe that we look at a $3 million race nowadays and say, oh, it's only like, $3 million. Uh, we're not going there. <laughs> but uh, it still is. It is $3 million and Somebody will be in it. So we'll see. We'll see what, what happens, and uh, we'll go from there. I'm ready. All right. Well, appreciate your time as always and your input, and... Uh, your willingness to tell the truth. <laughs> Always a pleasure, my man. I appreciate you having me on. Truth, justice, and the American way. It's like uh, Batman. Next week, we'll be, we can give our NBA draft field thoughts for the four people oh, that might boy. be interested. Oh, boy, yeah. LaMelo. Where will LaMelo go? Um, number one, Timberwolves. <laughs> Call it right now. An early an early preview. There you go. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Barry. Thank you. Appreciate All it. All right, my we'll, man. We'll talk to you. All right, see you. All right. That's Barry Spears, the sniper. And that will do it for our Breeders' Cup recap show. Hopefully, you cash some tickets. I actually made money at a Breeders' Cup, which is a rare, rare, rare event. So... I'm not going to complain at all, but uh, we will, um, doesn't do any good to complain. We will see you next week, and I appreciate everyone listening, and uh, have a good day.